Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. We have a uh, special person here. He of, often comes on the show. He's also a part of the show from the beginning. Is uh, Attorney Ernesto Borges. He is uh, one of the uh, one of the f- premier people that you, if you get into debt, you better call this man <laughs> and, call and straighten out your business. Call, call. Yeah, who are you going to call? <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> you better. Good Bill afternoon, Buster. there, Colonel. How are you? Oh, good, good, good. good. Great. And uh, our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega. Scouts Honor Productions. And we have a, a, an esteemed panelist, and I'm sure you know attorneys know each other throughout the world. I know, <laughs> so it's a small <laughs> club. But we have Steve J. Seidman, the founding attorney of Seidman Law Office, with over 30 years uh, as an experienced trial lawyer. He's focused on personal injury. Uh, Steve is America's Heroes Group partner sponsor and advisory board member. He is supporting our veterans uh, by making sure that on the way airwaves we uh, have some recognition as veterans and also that you get some updated information on some of the things that you need to know um, about your health, about your legal issues, and about news in general that's beneficial to veterans. So today's discussion is the 2021 updates on legal issues with Steve. How are you doing, Steve? I'm fine. Thank you. How are you, Dr. And Ernesto? How's it going? Great, great. Great, Steve. Good to talk to you. Good. So I um, uh, wanted to just focus on various things this week. A lot's been happening. Um, and one of the things I read uh, over the last uh, well, a couple of weeks, and it's kind of amazing, you know, in the court martial proceedings, um, they do not have DNA testing. And of course, you know, the people who have been wrongfully convicted and thrown in prison for 10, 20, 30 years sometimes by police tortured confessions. Uh, believe it or not, they, they, a lot of times they're, they're exonerated by DNA testing that proves they weren't even at the scene. Well, it turns out in the military uh, way of things uh, that they don't allow DNA testing. So when there's a court martial, uh, they're not allowed to ever use DNA testing. And the federal, just this month on August 11th, the federal appeals court ruling urged Congress to correct that disparity that did not or doesn't allow members of the U.S. military convicted by a court-martial the same avenues as civilian prisoners to seek DNA testing that could exonerate them. And this all happened uh, out in, in Honolulu. The, the Court of Appeals there uh, rejected, had to reject, a former soldier, Clifford Hubbard's petition, asking a federal judge to order DNA testing to discredit what his advocates said were weak evidence presented in a 1982 court-martial, which convicted him of attempted rape and murder uh, of an Army officer's son. And in 2019, the Hawaii Innocence Project filed a motion seeking DNA testing of a bite mark in here that the military said Hubbard was tied to Hubbard's suffocation of the 14-year-old uh, at a base in Hawaii. Uh, investigators collected various pieces of physical evidence from the crime scene, including the boy's socks, a shirt cut from his body that could be tested. And in their motion seeking DNA testing, 
that was not available in the 80s, the, the court, you know, the Innocent Project said, hey, just like all these people were confessions were beaten out of them and DNA exonerated them. How about you give us the right to uh, to go ahead and to look at DNA? Um, and the court said uh, that they cannot order DNA testing in a court martial proceeding. Um, they there 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 is no such thing in a court martial. Uh, and it the the court of appeals said, look, Congress, you've got to do something. The judge, actually, one of them, one of the person who wrote the opinion says, I urge Congress, this is Judge Michelle, Michelle Friedland, I urge Congress to remedy this unfairness by amending uh, the law to explicitly provide service members convicted by courts martial the same avenues of post-conviction DNA tested afforded to other prisoners. So it just doesn't seem almost feasible or right that at this point in time, uh, that uh, that uh, people who are court-martialed, I mean, for murder, for rape, don't have the avenues of, of science uh, just because of the, really, the arcane and the uh, the outdated uh, types of laws that we had and have. And uh, during, you know, over our course of three or four years that we've been doing this, we've seen a lot of changes, and we've talked about this, but this is another avenue of change for people in the military uh, and, and to try to kind of glob together and to talk to Congress about making these changes. Um, I wanted to go to the next topic. Steve, uh, could we ask you a few questions about that first? I mean, so, so we've got the Uniform Military, Military Code of Justice, so that would have to be uh, amended somehow because that's, I guess, that's written by Congress. And, uh, and so uh, and this decision came down, and this is from a 1982 case you indicated? Uh, this uh, new decision just recently. This I know, was last, I know, but but this rape yeah. case was from 1982, so they still have yeah, uh, DNA. And, yeah, and, and so this case just came down, and it went. Um, so, so wait a minute. So, how does that work when you have a, a courts martial, and then it went to the federal court of appeals? It didn't go to the district court. It it went to a, a court of appeals directly. This was an, yeah, this was an exoneration. So this fellow has already been. I see. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so it's just as if, you know, the Burks, yeah. remember the torture victims, they they had to go to extraordinary remedies, sometimes habeas corpus, whatever it was, to get uh, heard in, in the federal court system. So and, 40, and, 39 years later, because this is almost mm-hmm. uh, 40 years ago right. that this trial was held. Forget. Yeah. Yeah. DNA testing yeah, is, sure. it, you know, has been now has got to be what a good 10, 15 years mm-hmm. uh, in making, and and the DNA testing has been, uh, you know, out there for for all these people to be exonerated. And the, the Hawaii Innocence Project brought this as an extraordinary remedy to mm-hmm. say, hey, look, mm-hmm. let's do something. Went through the the district court, uh, which said sorry, and and unfortunately, then uh, the court of appeals said, look, it's not that we don't want to, we can't. You've got to. Go ahead and, and change it. You know, it's an act mm-hmm. of Congress. It's one of those deals that is literally an act of Congress. Yeah, You've got to go and have a congressional change of the law. Steve, and you know, oh. yes, though we we did see it in in doing the Ferris Act. We uh, the, there were there's congressional changes there. There's congressional changes in sexual uh, uh, harassment. Uh, all of these come from bills. Yeah, I, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. 
No, but you know, but uh, you know, one of the things, Steve. You know, before you go on to your next topic, one one of the things that's really astounding about this to me is that we look at technology, and it's okay. So we are, are like, you know, when you look at the military, it's at the cutting edge of all forms of technology, sending ships into the water, drones out to, you know, to get. Yeah. So you know, why is it that we can't apply the same idea about technology and advancement of science to? Uh, making sure that we convict the person appropriately. Yeah. Well, it's, it's absolutely bizarre, quite frankly. And that, that's the thing, just because the military code of justice says that you cannot use these type of techniques. The whole point of DNA is to exonerate people who are innocent. Remember, if this person, if the DNA clears him, this bite mark of this victim, let's say, isn't his and the DNA belongs to somebody else, with all these DNA databases that we see, but How let, is it that they can keep me in prison? Let, let me ask you this, Steve. Uh, this is the last question. Um, because, you know, this technology, of course, did not exist uh, in 1982. Uh, mm-hmm. Correct? So, I mean, there couldn't have been a prohibition from using it because it didn't exist at that time. Uh, and is there not a provision that says evidence that was or some evidence was not um, that you couldn't obtain at that time could be used? It, and there's no prohibition from using DNA. It's just that well, apparently, you can't. Apparently, apparently there is. But you could, I, I, it I didn't would, exist I, in 1982. I don't well, think. Well, exactly. It? it was first time. So the conviction goes goes through in 1982. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, this technology does not exist, and it doesn't exist till 2000, let's say, uh, 18 years later. The uh, Military Code of Justice does not, look, does not allow revisiting of this uh, of convictions mm-hmm. after there are convictions after the appeal processes are done, um, not by other evidence or otherwise. That is exactly the the ridiculousness uh, that's out there, and it's got to be changed. Yeah. How is it that if there is something that can exonerate an individual, that the military code of justice will not allow for it? The congressional mandates that are in that code do not allow for that. That's the problem. One, one last thing. I would imagine there have been people who've been charged with rape since 1982. And so mm-hmm. even, uh, say, in a, a rape charge that occurred last year, two years ago, not able to use DNA. So you can't use it, couldn't use it in 82, and you still can't use it in 2020? I do not think that's yeah. accurate. Yeah. Okay. I think the point is, and maybe it's being missed, is that nowadays, if you have that at your disposal, you can you use can it. You can use not, it. I see. Okay. Yeah. The point is, is that the, those people are sitting rotting in prison, perhaps mm-hmm. for their life. As we've seen a lot of those other people where confessions are coerced. There is no way out for them to use new technology that is in effect today. It's not to say if you were to defend a case in the military court of justice right now you could that you it. could not yeah. use the DNA as a means of defense. What it means is that you can't exonerate somebody after mm-hmm. the appeal process has run its course with new scientific evidence. I got you. Yeah. So okay. That is the, mm-hmm. the area that's changed. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Ah, so, yeah, so you're, so you're another uh, second topic that you're going to. Um, well, I think the, the topic that we've talked about over the last couple months okay. uh, that I want to do. To just spend a, a few minutes on, and I think that we should open it up for discussion. It's a very serious topic. Yes, Black Veterans Group are, uh, has sued, and we've talked about this. This is almost in, in, interesting in its timing, Doctor, because over the last few months, you brought it up 
that in your anecdotal, in other words, your experience uh, looking at the VA system, that black veterans were not getting the same equal treatment on disability claims that uh, that others were. Okay, and, and remember, we've been talking about that. Um, it turns out that uh, that a black veterans group sued the VA for racial disparity data. Now, what that means is that they've asked the Department of Veterans Affairs uh, to give them information about the very statistics that you and I have been speaking about in the viewership or listening audience over the last several months. And they're being sued. The Department of Veterans Affairs is being sued by two veterans groups for failing to provide data on racial disparities in disability compensation benefits and health care services. Uh, there has been a, a long-standing benefit obstruction, and this is what the uh, the person who is has done this. His name is Richard Brookshire, who count, who co-founded BVP, that's a Black Veterans Project, and he quotes: "Following a widely known history of long-standing benefit obstruction and anti-Black racism and discrimination by the Department of Veteran Affairs." Black Veterans Project seeks to compel transparency and accountability. Now, what is transparency and accountability? They asked three VA units for the data uh, and requested that it be broken down by race and gender. By gender. In other words, data with regard to health care and with regard to disabilities, uh, the allowance of disability claims. They requested records relevant to any internal reviews of racial bias. Uh, in 2018, there was data that showed that black veterans received disability compensation at a significantly lower rate than the overall rate of compensation. Um, and uh, the, uh, the, if you remember the Yale, uh, I think there was a study at Yale that actually bore that out. And actually, the Veterans Legal Services Clinic at Yale Law School is representing both organizations that are trying to get the information uh, from the, the, the veterans, uh, the, the, the uh, veterans group uh, that is holding it. Um, and uh, the board, the board, here is one uh, instance, they say the Board of Veterans Appeals for, for one instance, one of three VA units from which the VVP had sought records completely ignored the request in plain violation of the Freedom of Information Act. So the, the point is here is that, Doctor, I think you said anecdotally, in other words, you saw this occur um, when you were uh, in, in looking at this, and you would see how uh, many times the disability claims uh, for, uh, for black veterans were not uh, accorded in the same way that white veterans were given. Is that what I recall you saying, right? Yes, that's correct, yes. And, and you know, and, and myself personally, you know, even with uh, going for, you know, uh, you know, comp and pen exams and, and things, you know, I'm a physician, so most of the people who are evaluating me don't realize that, you know, when I'm sitting in front of them. And uh, I just watched the way that they're doing the exams. And over time, I just got tired of, you know, saying things to a provider that never get written into the record, mm -hmm. and they go on to some other topic. <laughs> they have their back to you. They're on their computer screen, and they never see. They probably only couldn't even recognize you if you left the room <laughs> if you, yeah. you know, because they never looked at you and uh, also never did a proper exam uh, for 
uh, musculoskeletal complaints. Um, uh, there's, so, there's a whole myriad of complaints that they did not really ask the correct questions and did not uh, do the proper examination. Uh, one of them, I actually was sitting in a room, and this guy was about six feet away from me in a, another chair. It wasn't even an exam room. It was like a si- side uh, storeroom, you know, for <laughs> storage, mm-hmm. you know, for boxes and that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, didn't have any instruments with him and uh, said, well, how's this doing? What, you know, this one ankle was the wrong ankle he was talking about. <laughs> and then he, uh, and I said, well, you know, I have some, you know, problem, a back complaint. So I, I had a letter from my, uh, I'm not here to see you about that. And I'm here only to see you about the ankle. And, right. and then, you know, so he c- comes up with a determination. But when the determination comes through, it says, oh, his back, no problems. And right. I said, he never even touched but let me. Let me ask you, do you think that happens so. to uh, non-minorities well, also, I, I think, or just yeah i think there's think some there's degree some but, level of discrimination there or yeah but I, uh, I think there's some degree but there is like an assumption that you uh if you are uh, you know a person of color and you're sitting in front of them african-american that you're there for some devious purpose mm-hmm. you know that you're trying to so, commit some, a fraud some presumption you know, of, or some uh, yeah, committing, presumption yeah, of guilt fraud, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and the thing is is that i've seen people and, and I know of people who uh, were white veterans who got disabilities who never went over into combat. And I know of people who went into combat who were African American who never yeah. <laughs> got even looked yeah. at. Yeah. So I, you know, I. I <laughs> so and here's I, the thing. Yeah. It's, it's probably a fairly easy. I mean, I say that easy, but and this is the thing about the Freedom of Information Act. If that's not the case, tell us it's not the case. Show us this the statistics right yes, yes. If, mm-hmm. if this isn't happening no problem show it if, if it is happening then this the statistics that are going to be uh, extant so to speak or come out of this freedom of information act uh, response which by the way has been stonewalled apparently now since 2018 mm-hmm. so your your experience and what you saw although we can't obviously say that's for ha- for sure happening we certainly can suspect it, and I can say we can suspect it for a number of reasons. One, because we've seen the racism in the military, uh, and and I think that uh, uh, so many things uh, have been so uh, brought to light over the last couple of years. So it, it would not shock me, uh, or I would say probably anybody, that there has been this disparity between minorities and between white. If I'm, and I, I may say something, uh, I'm I. Uh, <clears throat> I was 80 percent. I received 80 percent. And then I appealed. I got 90 percent. And I I was stuck at 90 percent. And I, you know, Purple Heart recipient, combat, combat, uh, Vietnam, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, And uh, diabetes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But I hired a law firm. And uh, I got results in two months. Oh. And they and they hiked me up to a hundred percent without anything else other than hiring a law firm. I, yeah. I, I don't know if that made a difference, but um, oh, it does. I mean, that's yeah. why that's why people need to call Steve side. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> call the lawyer. Sure. Yeah, I'm telling you, uh, don't try to go it, alone. It makes because, a difference. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's part of the problem is that people have been going alone for you know for months and years and decades yeah. and. Um, 
haven't been able to right. um, punch through that oh, ceiling. Right. I'm now and 100%. I'll just say yeah, that. Yes, yes. <laughs> in case you didn't catch on to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, so so for, you know, African Americans and women, you know, there there uh, you know, there's some discriminatory practices and you know, even for our white <clears throat> white veterans, you know, um, our uh, combat brothers and sisters in arms, they uh, also go through rejections as well, not at the same rate but we know that there's still an edge for them to break through too. Uh, but, uh, but overall, you know, that, that this disparity, and I think the data is going to show that, you know, more and more. And uh, right. we're, coming, we're coming to the close to the end of the hour, unfortunately. I, we, I always say that you need to be on for three hours. I, I can't. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you for having me, and Ernesto, thanks a okay. lot. And uh, Thank you, you know, Steve. Thank you so much. Great, okay. great information. Yeah, but we, we, we want to have you back on. I'm going to talk to uh, Linda, you know, the guru about that, and see if we can right. get you on for a longer period because the, this topic is uh, critical, and I'm, I'm so glad that you are championing it. So, well, thank you very much. And uh, I think you know we do here is to try to champion these causes and, and hope to make some changes. So, thank you very much. Okay, thank, thank you, you, Steve. Take care. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.